guys, it's Emma here. Um, I am currently editing the podcast. I know this is weird. I'm not here with a guest. I'm not here to start the show. I'm here with a couple pre-show announcements. Um, so as you may know, if you listen to the podcast every week with it, which if you do, I very much appreciate and love you. There was not an episode out last week and I have only ever not done an episode once before and that was on Christmas Eve. So it was very strange for me. But I just wanted to be honest with you guys and get a little personal and just say that last week was a really tough week. Um, I'm sure everyone is having a really tough time in quarantine, but I was actually supposed to go to my grandmother's memorial last week. And obviously it didn't happen because there's no traveling and we're social distancing from our extended family. But it was a tough time. It was a really tough week. And I just did not get it together to put out an episode Uh, obviously I do all the research and editing and getting guests and all that myself. So when I drop the ball, there's really no one to pick it up. So that is why there was not an episode out last week. I'm really sorry, guys. I know you guys probably have a lot more time and are looking for more material, but I just needed to take that week off to, you know, be with my family and take a mental break. But I also just wanted to make the quick announcement (laughs) now that I have completely down the mood. I just want to give you guys the announcement that um, for the month of May, I have my last couple weeks of school and it is a little bit stressful. So for the next month, obviously you have this episode, which is coming out on the 28th. And then for the month of May, I am going to release episodes on the 12th and the 26th. So only two episodes instead of four and then regularly scheduled programming starting in June But I'm just doing that for my own mental health and because it's the end of the year and I need to focus on my school and (laughs) it's everything is wild right now. So I hope you guys can understand that. But again, it'll be regularly scheduled programming back in June and I'm still going to be releasing those two episodes in May. And then I have something really special planned for the 50th episode. So yeah, I am sorry that there will be less content out, but you know what? I got to be a student for now. And uh, the podcast is obviously the thing I wish I could be doing with all of my time, but sadly it is not. But I just wanted to let you guys know that and let you know that I sincerely appreciate you. I love you guys. I hope everyone is staying super safe, super healthy. And I hope that everyone is taking time for themselves, being strong in your mental health and making the best of this quarantine. I truly do love you guys and appreciate everyone who listens to the show. It really ups my spirits when I see that people are enjoying the content I'm making because I genuinely do love making this podcast. So thank you guys so much for everything you do for me. And I hope I can continue to give you a laugh, a smile, or just some more information throughout this crazy time in life. I love you guys very much. Bye. Let's get this episode started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Horrible Things Podcast. I am Emma Sexton, I'm the host of this podcast, and we're here to talk about all things horrible, true crime, man-made disasters, just everything that makes you want to cringe. (laughs) Um, Like I said, I'm Emma Sexton. I'm the host of this podcast. And today I'm joined by... Hi, it's Owie again. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited. When was... I'm trying to remember the last time... How long has it been since you've been on the podcast? Like at least a couple months, right? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because last time we saw each other, things were not like this, like how they are uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was drastically different. And mm-hmm. it's always like, it's so interesting to hear, I guess, to me at least, how everyone's experience has been thus far in quarantine. So how are you doing? How's life? <laughs> um well you know being a college student it's been a little bit rough to keep up with work and just like homework and stuff like that because there's like the double the amount of work and also like doing online exams is really weird I've never really done online classes before so it's been getting a bit you know hard to get used to but I guess like if you manage your time right um you can like fill in some, you know, hours of the day where you actually can like do stuff that you like. And I feel like I'm at least I hope that I'm using my time productively. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way where I'm like, you know, it's funny because I want to be doing things like I, I bought all these canvases like months ago and I bought paints and I was like, I'm so stoked. I'm just going to start like painting these for fun. And now I have, like, so much time. Like, I could easily start painting those. But do I do it? No. Do I continue to watch The Vampire Diaries (laughs) every single day? Yes. Because... Oh, it's okay. (laughs) That's just... I don't know. I feel like everyone has the time to do the stuff they want. But it's so easy to just fall into, like, I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to watch a show. I'm going to do this and that. And that's what I've been doing. Like, (laughs) Honestly, me too. I've been... I feel like like a lot of people right now are going back to their like really unhealthy middle school phase where <laughs> they're listening to the uh, music that they used to listen to and also like the tv shows because like I I was a big theater nerd so yes. for like the past couple of weeks I've been getting back in like getting back into glee and oh, I dear. <laughs> dude Mr. Schuster is easily one of the worst characters ever created oh no I, I he's the him. villain it's yeah. not Sylvester. <laughs> yeah. I really, I've always disliked Will Schuster. Even the first time through that I watched Glee, I disliked Will Schuster. But I don't know if you're active on TikTok, but all mm-hmm. the like uh, TikToks going around about like cringy stuff that Will Schuster says has made me despise him even more. <laughs> oh my God. Like the more they point, because I am on TikTok and like the more they point things out, the more I hate each of the characters. Yeah. And like, I don't want this, but also Will Schuster, I cannot stand that man. Like whenever he decides to rap. <laughs> oh Lord. I, I just like, I want to skip that scene. Just pressing that button (laughs) i just remember the rocky horror picture show episode the most cringeworthy thing in the entire world because will schuster wants to impress his his girlfriend the teacher so he like inserts himself into the play Mm -hmm. in like a really weird if you've ever seen rocky horror picture show it's not something that your teacher should be engaging uh-uh. in with you it's that's so weird it and that episode, for a reason. <laughs> ugh, that episode is so gross <laughs> i yeah glee wow but you're so right like i've been listening to five seconds of summer again oh my god <laughs> and it's just bringing me back it's so bringing me back to middle school like i still love the vampire diaries i don't care what anyone says about it but mm. it is definitely how i was in eighth grade is how i am yeah now slightly Mm -hmm. concerning yeah (laughs) 
You know what? Ha- have you done any like true crime related stuff in your listen to any true crime related podcast or anything in your quarantine so far? Um, I don't know if it will be counted as true crime, <laughs> but I recently started watching Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard so much about it. I haven't seen it. What it? What's your favorite part about it? Okay, well. The, my favorite, I mean, I'm not done with it. I'm like on like halfway through, but basically I think you'll love it because it's just an insane turn of events, like constantly. I'm excited. And it's like a whole like conspiracy and it makes you really confused. But if you pay attention to it, you're like, wow, humans are horrible. <laughs> Fair. Do you think Carol so. Baskin killed her husband? Oh yeah, definitely. I think so. <laughs> just not even a question. Like, are you, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm not gonna spoil anything, so I'm okay, not gonna say okay. it. But like, you'll know if you you'll know when you watch it. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. I I'm trying to think. I haven't really particularly done anything true crime related besides obviously this podcast over mm-hmm. the break. <laughs> but I have started. Have, do you like John Mulaney? <laughs> yeah, of course. So he started a podcast with Nick Kroll called the Oh Hello Podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> And basically, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. They asked on the most recent episode, they asked Pete Davidson about Princess Diana because like the whole concept of the podcast is they like are pretending to be these two different characters named George and Gil. And they're asking their guests like about Princess Diana's death. And so it's like a faux true crime podcast about Princess (laughs) Diana and it's the funniest, like, I highly recommend. I know everyone who's been listening for a while will know I absolutely love John Mulaney, but I just, I mm. highly recommend Oh Hello, the podcast. It's so I funny. I feel like you mentioned John Mulaney, like, 80% of your episodes. <laughs> Dude, I can't help it. He is, somehow, his jokes, his every, like, bit of his stand-up has wormed its way into my vocabulary so that, like, some people will just say a word and it just triggers the memory of like one of his bits and I just can't help Mm. but reference it it's not even like a voluntary thing at this point it's like my (laughs) subconscious just surges forward and makes John Mulaney references that's fair it could be worse it could Mm. be worse (laughs) but I'm really excited to get into the case that we are going to do today because we're doing a heist a robbery kind of it's a little bit deeper than that. This is kind of an insane case. I'm honestly thinking it might have to be two parts because I have 13 pages Ooh. of notes. Oh, which my is gosh. like usually each case is like five. So this this is a little bit wild. But there was just like so much information to go off of that. I I had to I had to do it. I had to get everything. So today we're going I'm to be excited. discussing the world's fourth largest jewelry heist, but more importantly, we're going to be discussing a group called the Pink Panthers. Have you ever heard of them? I mean, it's not the cartoon, no. right? <laughs> it's not the cartoon. It's uh, more well-known in Europe than in the States, but mm-hmm. it. I, I'll get to explaining what the Pink Panthers are a little bit later. For now, we're just going to talk about this fourth largest jewelry heist in the world. So the heist took place in London at a store called Graphs, which is basically like there in England. It's like Cartier it would be here. It's just super fancy jewelry, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And it is known for the fact that it serves celebrities and super high-end clientele. Basically, only rich people shop there. Mm-hmm. And so the date is August 6th, 2009. 
And two men enter this store, uh, Graphs in London, and begin looking at all the different pieces because, like, in a lot of high-end jewelry shops, you know, if you've ever been to, like, a Rodeo Drive-type area, something like that, when you walk in, there's usually, like, a guard at the front of the store, but then Mm -hmm. you walk in and all the jewelry's on in these big glass display cases, like, all the way around the stores. And after these two guys walk in, they're kind of just looking around, checking everything out, and then everything changes. Uh, there's only one woman inside the store, and so the men grab her and begin holding her as a hostage. And oh. while one of the guys is holding this girl who's in the uh, in Graf's hostage, the other guy starts breaking open the cases of jewelry. Like, he had basically, like, mm. a hammer, and he was breaking open these glaze glass cases and he's just scooping diamonds into this bag that they'd brought into the store with them and after only about two to three minutes of grabbing all these diamonds the two guys run outside and they fire one shot into the air and clear all the roads and by this point they've uh let go of their hostage they basically basically were only holding a hostage because they wanted to my microphone just glitched out for a second we're all good that's that's the zoom effect but <laughs> they're they're grabbing these diamonds and stuff and they're they're only holding a hostage to make sure that this guy who's guarding graphs doesn't come after them while they're stealing all the jewels. So yeah. they run outside, they fire a shot, and everyone gets off the street, as you do when you hear shots fired. And mm. then they get into this B and W, they let go of their hostage, they drive away. When they're a few blocks away after they've, you know, they've driven away a few blocks, they fire a second shot, and again, the road clears. And then after they fire the second shot, they move into another car. So they had another car waiting. They switch cars, and they drive away with the diamonds. And basically, in the span of about five minutes, they had stolen $65 million in diamonds from grass. Literally... Five minutes. It is insane to me because they go into the store, right? And they're looking around for a minute. The actual robbery takes two to three minutes and then they drive away. It is insane. But again, it's very smart because they are taking advantage of the fact that they're not like no one's expecting it because they've been there for a couple minutes. And obviously you don't think about the fact that like the jewelry 65 million dollars worth of jewelry is just sitting all around you and i don't know it's crazy but you may be thinking like that was really short (laughs) did not sound like 13 (laughs) pages of notes and you're right uh that is a really short story it was a really short crime and the reason is because the kind of trademark of the pink panther crime network which is what we're going to be talking about today is the smash and grab approach to crime most of their crimes only last a couple of minutes because they just grab jewels and run and another thing they're kind of known for is the fact that they have lots of creativity in their crimes yeah because although they had just stolen if we look at graphs in particular they stole 65 million dollars but they didn't wear face masks they had nothing covering their faces why is that and it's because in this specific heist the group the pink panthers and these specific two men who were thieves actually worked with a prosthetic artist in england and they had fake faces on to alter their appearance so that literally as 
as soon as they walked in, no one was suspecting them. They're not wearing masks. They're being captured by cameras. But then when they drive away, they literally just tear their faces off. Like straight up. so smart. Like a movie. <laughs> it's insane. And they worked with people who had done theater in England to apply prosthetic faces. Wow. That is, that is insane. Wow. <laughs> I know. So although the robbers were never caught, uh, they were eventually named, and the robbers, they come from this organized crime network, and they have the nickname Pink Panthers. Um, and although, like, basically none of the members of the group are known, their crimes are really infamous in Europe because they've committed about 500 different heists in Ooh. Europe and Japan. Like, oh, literally dang. just... That's why it's funny because in the United States, you don't we don't really know them, but in Europe, they're a very prominent group. It's everyone mm-hmm. knows who they are because they've hit done some of the biggest jewelry heists in history. Like I said, that one that we just talked about was the fourth largest in history, which is insane. <laughs> and total, they've literally stolen about 300 to 500 million dollars in jewels. They only do jewel heists. They don't do banks or anything like that but they have stolen a like literally 500 million dollars worth of jewelry i can't even comprehend that number (laughs) i know and especially because you think about the fact the fourth largest jewel heist in history was 65 million dollars so like the idea of having stolen 500 million dollars worth of jewels is freaking insane yeah like a mile above even the most valuable jewel heist (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) but interpol is constantly tracking the pink panthers to no avail because the fact that they've done so many heists and it's a crime network comprised of lots of different people and because Mm. of that it makes them really hard to track down but they're known for being really smart and really good at robberies never pretty much never being caught and interpol thinks that in this Pink Panther group, that there's probably around 200 members, which mostly Ooh. come from uh, Eastern Europe, so Yugoslavia, Montenegro, uh, Croatia, Bosnia, and a couple other Eastern European countries. Most of the criminals come from those parts of Eastern Europe, and they depend on each other. And in the Pink Panthers, it's not the mob, it's not the mafia, it's not anything like that really but it is similar in the way that the inner circle of the network call each other family and it's a very Mm -hmm. close-knit group you know obviously it's way too big to be considered a gang or anything like that but it is just Mm -hmm. this crime network more like have you ever seen john wick no i have not okay well basically in john wick there's this society of hitmen i would say Mm -hmm. yeah hitmen And there's like hundreds of them, but they all follow this code that's been set by the group that controls all these hitmen. And it's more like that. It's more like a John Wick type thing than a gang or mafia type thing. Because another one of the conditions of the Pink Panthers is a no victims mentality. So most of their crimes are nonviolent and they never murder people which is very not similar to how most robbers operate because... That's good. (laughs) Yeah, it is good. It is good. But it's just that most off... Like, usually people that do robberies, it's kind of like a gateway crime to do other worse crimes. Yeah. But 
in the Pink Panthers, they, aside from, obviously, they'll take hostages or they will hold people at gunpoint. Obviously, very terrifying. Very mm. not good for your mental health. But they never kill anyone. So that's another thing they're kind of well known for because you wouldn't think that people who steal like millions of dollars of jewels every single year would care about the law and things like that. But mm -hmm. seemingly they do. And people who are in the group never know who the actual boss is, like who the main guy who runs the Pink Panthers is. They only know that he's really smart and that his policy is that sex, drugs, and murder don't come into the Pink Panthers group. Um, I, I do have to say, though, I watched a really great um, documentary about the Pink Panthers. I think it was called Smash and Grab. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But even though the Pink Panthers group is anti-violence in when they actually commit robberies, a lot of the members before they join the Pink Panthers or even after have been involved in like human trafficking and things like that. So oh boy. <laughs> definitely not good people. Like I just want to make that clear. Just because they don't kill people doesn't mean that they haven't been involved in really, really, really shady, horrible stuff before joining the group because a lot of them have gotten into the pink panthers via you know having human trafficking operations or uh drug trafficking operations so yeah not great yeah i was gonna say like at least they have morals but i guess not yeah honestly there's a big the thing about europe right is that it's so easy to cross borders you know what i mean like mm -hmm. in obviously we live in the united states and our borders are always always hotly debated because mm -hmm. it's hard to get over here and uh it's just super hard to get into the united states but mm -hmm. if you obviously you would know <laughs> because for those of you guys who don't know Aoi just got her citizenship like a couple months ago oh wait right? no, no 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 it's not citizenship um i got my permanent residency okay um yeah yeah but oof it does take quite a while to yeah. That's, like get in here so i know will our friend will he's been on the podcast a couple times he's from england and he got his citizenship in our senior year of high school but he's lived here since yeah. he was in fifth grade so mm -hmm. <laughs> it takes an extremely long time and it's not easy to cross the border here um but in europe obviously they're most of them are part of the eu european union so one of the good things about the european union is that it makes it really easy if you're a a citizen of any European country, it's really easy for you to cross borders into different European countries. Mm, like going okay. from France to Spain is super easy. And the thing, it's obviously that's a good thing, good to be able to visit other countries. But the downside of that is that it also makes it a lot easier to traffic illegal drugs or do human trafficking or traffic diamonds and jewels across the borders mm. because it's just easy to get through. So... Yes, they, I kind of forget what my point was about that. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, that it's easy. It's easier for people to traffic jewels and human beings and drugs in Europe because of that. I think that was my point. But um, like I said earlier, they're responsible for about $500 million in robberies of gold and diamonds. And most of the, I wanted to name the countries that they've stolen from because it is an impressive list. So they've stolen... Diamonds from the UAE, 
Switzerland, Japan, France, Liechtenstein, Germany, USA, Luxembourg, Cyprus, Spain, Monaco, Austria, Australia, and the Netherlands, Portugal, and Belgium. <laughs> that's 16? 16 yeah. countries, yeah. Freaking insane. So that's another reason they're really hard to catch. It almost reminds me of, I feel like I reference the Ted Bundy case in like every single episode, but it's just, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are really, to me at least, it's similar because um, one of the reasons that Bundy was so successful in terms of like not being caught is because he operated in several different states. And so the police in those states didn't really have the ability to work together to be able to catch him. Like that hadn't really happened yet. And it's kind of a similar thing in Europe, which is that these the Pink Panther group, they've robbed so many different countries and like each country is looking for them on their own. But because they have such a widespread operation, they don't steal just from France or just from England. It makes it them a lot harder to find because not all the police, like even though Interpol works on it, they're not all working together as much as they could. So that's another reason why it's been really difficult to find them at all. (laughs) Like they literally, I think they have 12, no, somewhere from 12 to 24 Pink Panther members are in prison out of like 200 so wow for committing as many robberies as they have they have an extremely low rate of being caught and uh very recently actually in 2008 they robbed a store called harry winston which is another jewelry store in paris and they stole about 80 million euros worth of jewelry and were never caught even though they pretty much did the exact same operation in graphs as they did in harry winston like the one that we talked about in the beginning, pretty much the exact same thing, weren't caught. No one from it was ever caught. And that's a more expensive jewelry heist, actually. So kind of insane. Yeah. Wow. And <laughs> I kind of wanted to walk through a lot, some of their heists, because I think it's very, obviously, stealing stuff, terrible. Don't steal stuff from people. But there's also something so interesting about it that it's, like, hard to put your finger on what exactly is intriguing about crime. But, I mean, we have movies, like, we have Ocean's 8, we have Ocean's 11. There's all these movies that, obviously, like I was talking about earlier, John Wick, all these movies that focus on heists and things like that. But it's kind of put in a far more positive light than other crimes, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So I thought we'd go through some of their robberies. And also I wanted to include this because it was in the documentary and it was so interesting to me. But a quote that one of the men that they interviewed from the Panthers, one of the things that he said was, and I quote, women in the Panthers have to be exceptional. So also unlike other crime groups, the Pink Panthers highly utilize uh, women in their operations in that women are the ones who they pretty much talked about how they hire women who are extremely beautiful to go into jewelry stores and case the entire thing. And so basically the women that they hire go in and for months before they'll do all of the background work, all of the preparation to make it ready for the two to three minutes of the actual heist. But basically they have employ female spies, which is Something so interesting about this group, this case to me, is that so much of it just straight up mirrors like a fictional film. And 
this definitely does. It's very strange, very interesting. So are we ready to get into some of the actual heists? Yeah, let's Now that go. we have a hell of a lot of background. <laughs> okay. So in 1993, one of the first heists that the Pink Panthers ever committed was when they stole an $800,000 diamond necklace. Ma- mainly it had this like giant diamond in it that was obviously extremely pricey. $800,000 for a necklace. This is also mm. in London. I believe also from Graphs. And that's this heist in 1993 is where they got their name because there's this movie called Pink Panther. And in the movie, one it's about thieves. And in the movie, one of the thieves hides a gigantic diamond in a jar of face cream. Mm-hmm. And so after that first heist in 1993, they actually were able to get a tip about who had committed the Christ, uh, the not the Christ, the crime <laughs> from uh, from some other people who were working in robberies. And so they got the names of these three people. And when they went to their house to go, their apartment they were renting in London to go look for the diamond, they actually found that it was hidden in a jar of face cream. So like they'd put oh. this $800,000 diamond in a jar of face cream, exactly like the movie Pink Panther. So from then on, the group was given the nickname the Pink Panthers. But okay. yeah, that first heist was in 1993. Um, then the second heist I wanted to talk about was actually one that happened in Tokyo. So in March of 2004, uh, the Panthers decided they were going to rob store in Japan. Usually they had just kept to Europe. So this is kind of, you know, going out of their element. But mm-hmm. they're... In Tokyo, there's this uh, necklace, which is called, I'm going to completely butcher the name of this, but it's Comtesse de Vendôme, French Mm -hmm. necklace, which had about 116 diamonds in it, and it's a $17 million uh, gold necklace. It's by itself an almost $20 million piece of Jewelry. Uh, and $17 million in British pounds. So it's actually more expensive in American dollars. But basically, it was being kept at this Harry Winston in Tokyo. So two members, two Serbian members of the Pink Panthers entered this store. Then they were they were wearing wigs. They were dressed as women. They entered the store. They took out pepper spray. They pepper sprayed the guy who was running the <laughs> counter straight up smashed in the glass where that necklace is being kept took that extremely famous neck like if a necklace has a name you know it's like hella expensive so they Mm -hmm. took this necklace and some other jewels and they just ran like ran got into a car drove away more than 20 million dollars gone in oh my god literally five minutes and there was some tips that the necklace was being kept in this house near Bucksburn, um, but they searched it and no one has ever been charged in this robbery, which is absolutely insane. But it's also the biggest robbery that's ever happened in Japan was committed by the Pink Panthers, and it was Ooh. this one. Uh, again, no one ever charged for it. In May 2005, again in graphs, uh, the Pink Panthers stole about a million dollars worth of jewelry. Um, 
in 2002, again, Graphs lost $23 million in jewelry. And this is actually pounds. Uh, and they only ever found 3 million pounds of it. And they only ever caught one of the thieves. And he only got 15 years in prison. So they literally lost about 21 million pounds in the yeah. course of like three years, which is rough. <laughs> <laughs> and in the first six years of there actually being a crime group... Uh, there were 120 different stores robbed by the Pink Panthers, which is wild. And it was, like I said earlier, one of the things they're well known for is the fact that they're really smart. It's the reason hardly any of them ever get caught. And one of the most, I think, way demonstrative crimes that they have done that's kind of like this is there's this jewelry store in Biritz. And basically, there was across the street from the jewelry store that they wanted to rob, there was this bench. And the only thing they were worried about was people being able to see them robbing the store who might be sitting on that bench. So what did Mm -hmm. they do? They painted the bench and then put a wet paint sign on it and then robbed the store to make sure that nobody would see them robbing the store by sitting on that bench. Like I said, (laughs) very like movie-esque prevention of being caught. Uh, they also know that, so I was lucky enough to go to, um, Japan and in Tokyo, there's this area called Ginza, Mm -hmm. the Ginza district. Yeah. 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 Basically like Rodeo Drive of Japan, it feels like, except way more fancy. (laughs) Like it's just insane. Mm Mm-hmm. It's actually intimidating. (laughs) It is intimidating. I would maybe say liken it more to like like fifth avenue in new york like it's just very based on luxury jewelry all that stuff so like i said they robbed it in 2004 uh the harry winston's they robbed was in the ginza district and then in 2007 they went back to japan and they took about 284 million yen worth of jewelry from a jewelry store in the ginza district um again no one was ever caught. They took tiara. They took tiaras, which I didn't Ooh. know they still sell, but apparently they did. They took tiaras, necklaces. They took a bunch of other jewels and were never found. No one ever charged for it. Again, like I said, they just never get caught. It's very strange to me that they never get caught, but they never do. And another reason that they're well known, especially in Europe, is because, like I said, very film esque ways of breaking into places things they do but also very film-esque escapes so Mm -hmm. in saint tropez they robbed a jewelry store uh wearing hawaiian t-shirts and then after they robbed the jewelry store they ran around the block uh they had taken million dollars worth of jewelry they ran around the block got into a speedboat and (laughs) drove away in a speedboat wearing hawaiian shirts having just committed a heist Again, though, this was their smash and grab technique. Like, they literally have the same way of committing every robbery that just, like, it's ridiculous. But that is kind of badass, though, just going away on a speedboat. (laughs) (laughs) Wearing the most inconspicuous, just the most conspicuous clothing, Hawaiian t-shirts, and then you just go, yeah, it's ridiculous. But again, never caught. And then uh, in 2008... Uh, in Dubai, Graphs was hit once again when um, eight members of the Pink Panthers 
there so this graph the, this case especially this robbery i'm about to tell you about is insane because there's actually a video of it on youtube um Ooh. so check it out if you want to see it but it's basically these eight members of the gang wanted to rob a graphs that was inside a mall in dubai so they drove two audis through the windows of the mall drove into the mall then while two sat in the front seats of both cars two who were in the back got out ran into graphs stole a bunch of jewelry they took eight million pounds of jewelry got back in the audis and drove back out through the mall windows oh my god and the whole video takes like maybe three minutes and eight million dollars just gone actually closer to 10 in u.s dollars but it is crazy because you don't want to appreciate a crime right mm-hmm. i don't want to appreciate a crime. <laughs> but even i know that it's badass to drive two like super fancy audis through like it just looks like a movie it's crazy and mm-hmm. although like i said i will say this till the day i die it's bad to steal don't steal it's crazy the fact that they literally just look like they do not give a crap if they get caught they are clearly they've set off every single alarm in doing that Mm -hmm. and i think it's because they're so reliant on the fact that we're only going to be here for five minutes no one's going to get here like they could in almost every single one of their heists right they could have stolen more Mm -hmm. they could have taken more jewelry they could have taken more necklaces more tiaras whatever but their whole technique is reliant on I'm going to be here for five minutes and no one will be able to get here until I'm already gone. Yeah. Which is just yeah. a very distinctive method of stealing because a lot of the times the ones I cover are like we sat here for months and months and months. We planned how to do this heist and then it took like an hour. Or we tunneled t- through the bottom of a bank or whatever. And this is just so... It's the most interesting combination of this seems too easy and it's really extra the way you're doing this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is that it just seems too easy to be able to steal $8 million in five minutes. It's strange to me, but that's their mark. That's just how they do it. That's how that's how all these crimes get attributed to the Pink Panthers because they all follow the same format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then really strategic and honestly, I kind of respect it. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, uh, in 2008, they broke into that Harry Winston's in uh, France, stole like $68 million, I think. And there's also, um, I think I already told you. Yeah. In the beginning, we covered the August 6th, 2009 heist of graphs, which is also attributed to them. And in 2013, they broke into uh, the Carlton Hotel in France, in Cannes, and they had they stole $136 million of jewels and gems that were being stored in the Intercontinental Hotel for, like, a, an exhibit. And mm-hmm. they actually, people think that that $136 million theft uh, in the hotel was actually the most expensive jewelry theft in history, also attributed to the pink panthers and in 2016 they stole nine hundred thousand dollars from harry winston's in japan basically what i'm saying is that to this day like to 2020 they are still active and they have been active since 1993 stealing all over the globe they're international 
And so one of the things that I was super interested in when I started learning about this case was um, the way that they sell diamonds. Like, I guess, to me at least, if you have a necklace that's named, right, Mm -hmm. how are you going to sell it? Everyone's going to know what it looks like. People are going to be on the lookout for it. So... Mm -hmm. Through watching a couple different documentaries, I was thankfully able to figure out the way that they sell these jewels. And some of the, I also just have to say that even though these heists are insane, like I highly recommend you go on YouTube and look up Dubai Diamond Heist. It'll probably be the first thing that comes up. Not only are these heists insane, wearing prosthetic makeup, painting benches, driving Audis through malls, going, getting away on speedboats. But what's almost more insane is the way that so many members, once caught, have broken out of prison. <laughs> like, the way that they have escaped prison is freaking insane. And that's all coming in the second part of this case. But Ooh, okay. I think we're going to, after we've just covered all those heists that they've committed, I think we're going to save the rest of how they've broken out of jail, how they sell their diamonds to which uh, actually Americans are the number one purchasers of illegal diamonds. Fun fact. Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) We're going to talk about how the police have caught some of them. And it's, yeah, uh, the crazy thing is that in this case, at least, the heists are just as crazy as the captures. So I'm excited to talk about that. But for now, I think we're going to stop the case right there and then continue on next week. But we have to do... my favorite section of this podcast, which is happy things. So obviously we're in quarantine. There's not much to do, but (laughs) we can always find, we can always find something, something good in our day, something good that's happened in our week. So do you want me to start or do you like to start with one good thing that's happened in your week or that is going to happen in your week? Um, you can actually go ahead and start. Okay, so I think my happy thing is that I got kind of promoted at my job, which is really weird because I'm I'm not like getting a pay raise or anything because my uh, I work for a church and it's on a spending freeze right now. Obviously, like lots of places are, but it's very um, I've been a production assistant and video director there for like three years And I just got a call literally today from my boss and he was like, hey, we're going to start doing live streams for two different services every week. It's going to be like Wednesday night and Sunday night. Would you be interested in being our video producer? And I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, because like I love being a production assistant, but it's going to be really cool to like be in charge of something. I'm very Mm -hmm. excited for it. So that's definitely my happy thing is like I have worked at the same job for three years and now I finally got like a promotion thing going on. So I'm excited about that. That is amazing, girl. That is so great. Oh, my gosh. So proud. (laughs) Um, Do you have one in your head? Need a little more time. You got it. Mm um I guess like it hasn't really happened yet I guess I'm like a little bit excited to um get in touch with my creative side like I'm planning to paint my guitar stand that I have like for how many like it it like it puts like five guitars on it but it's like doesn't kind of match to the aesthetic of my room so I'm like planning to paint it at some point this week that's so cool just yeah and I know I'm not the only one, but definitely, like, um, I think, like, ever since quarantine, a lot of people have been engaging in, like, baking and stuff. 
Dude, you know? homesteading. I read a thing about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where basically yeah. we're going back to the 1800s and it's like <laughs> everyone's learning how to like sew and cook and, you know, churn butter and things like that. And it's it's called yeah. homesteading. And apparently we do things that are like kind of old timey i guess but i mean like obviously people still cook but i mean like embroidering and stuff like that because it brings us comfort as people Mm -hmm, definitely very strange yeah like i'm i've been trying to at least bake once a week i'm actually gonna probably plan to bake something like right after this (laughs) you know because like there may not be a lot of flour in the grocery stores but there is a lot of like um you know pancake mixes and like cake mixes and all that so I'm like trying I'm I'm planning to try them out and see how it goes you know that's super cool dude like (laughs) what's your favorite thing that you've baked so far like ever yeah or like okay okay my favorite thing ever that I've baked that I haven't been able to uh I wanted to try it again but I found this recipe on Instagram it was just like one of those like food videos and like there was a recipe of like a fluffy Japanese style cheesecake that you can make out of a rice cooker what? that I thought it was so interesting. So I tried to make it. It was like rather small because it's just in a little rice cooker, but it's definitely worth it. And I hope that I can try it again if I have the right ingredients. But we'll see with how many people are going to hog the, you know, the creamers and like the cream cheese and all that. <laughs> Yeah. In the grocery stores. Is that the cheesecake that like looks jiggly? Yes. Yes. Dude, what does that taste like? <sighs> I like cannot <laughs> picture what that tastes like. I mean, it's a cheesecake. Um, yeah. <laughs> it it just like, tastes like a regular cheesecake. That's crazy because when I think cheesecake, I just think it's so dense. Like it is so dense. Mm-hmm. It's basically creamer frozen on top of a graham cracker yeah so then the idea of cheesecake being fluffy i'm like that is a game changer that is next level because i guess it's not like as super dense like as you imagine like regular cheesecakes but it's i don't know there's a little bit for moisture in the cake Uh, i guess i really want to try that i have a rice cooker i could do that because the reason yeah. I haven't ever made that is because you have to, like, fill a pan with water and then, like, put it mm-hmm. in the oven with a thing. And I'm, like, my oven is already a little whack. I don't know if I can put, like, anything <laughs> in it. So that that's kind of sick. You got to send me that recipe because I really want to oh, try yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll try to find it. <laughs> Dude. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to end the episode there. All right. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to this episode of Horrible Things. I know it's a little bit strange. We're doing everything over Zoom over here. You know, uh, we're all having a little bit of a weird time. And, you know, that's just, that's just, we're, we're going to make it through. We're going to make it through together through talking about crime, through talking about robberies, through talking about horrible things. But I just appreciate you guys listening so, so much. And if you want to find the podcast on a day when it's not a Tuesday, you can go ahead and find us online at Horrible Things Podcast. We're on Twitter, Instagram, facebook literally everything but most active on instagram so you can find us at horrible things podcast if you want to donate uh in a monetary way you can go to horrible things.com uh wait no patreon.com slash horrible things um you can also support by leaving a rate and review on apple podcast it means the world to me i very much appreciate it and i do read all of them so thank you guys so much for that but most importantly guys i just want to tell you don't drive your audi through a mall window 
And don't open a jewelry store. And most importantly, don't, don't do, do horrible, horrible things. things. <laughs>